Hey friend, we just wanted to pop over and remind you of all of the freebies that we have on our website at hustlehumblypodcast.com slash resources. There are quite a few on there. They work for buyers and sellers, for your business, all different things you might need and all for free. Mm -hmm. Alyssa, which one is your favorite? My favorite freebie is the due diligence checklist. Oh, that's a good one and Mm -hmm. so impactful for your buyers. Mm -hmm. It's a great email template. It's a really good one. Uh, My favorite is probably staging checklist. Mm -hmm. I want my sellers to have those houses looking good. Yes, yes. So head over and see which ones you would like to download or get them all. Enjoy. Yeah, I always like when the episode comes out and and I'm listening to it, I'm always curious what he put at the front because like I forget what we even talk because we don't plan those things. I know. I know. It's like, oh gosh, what did we talk about that he cut out? Right, right. What's it going to be? I'm waiting till he does something ridiculous that I'm like so embarrassed. Yeah. Hi, y'all. Welcome to Hustle Humbly. It's Alyssa and Katie, and we are two top producing realtors in the Baton Rouge market. We work for two different companies where we should be competitors, but we have chosen community over competition. The goal of our podcast is to encourage you to find your own way in business. So stop comparing yourself and start embracing your strengths. It's time for episode number 42. Okay. It's all about your listing and how to present it. And Mm -hmm. we're going to call it does your MLS listing have good bones? <laughs> <laughs> I like it. It's fine. But you know what's going to be even funnier? Jay asked earlier, what episode are you recording today? And I said, we're going to do one about like listings and want another one. And he's like, oh, um, you know, I said, you know, like things that people always say in listing descriptions. And we're going to kind of talk about which ones are good and which ones are bad. And he was just like, oh, like good bones. I hate that. That's so stupid. <laughs> and he's right. Like, just because of that, we're going to name the episode yeah, after Yeah, we'll it. just make him crazy. But he's right. I mean, the, 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 the whole phrase, good, it has good bones. I mean, like construction but, does not vary that much from one house to another. Right. And like, and does it really? Like, that's what gets me the most about listing descriptions is that they're not honest. They're not truthful. That's the problem. Yes, they're not truthful. So yeah, it doesn't have good bones. I don't know. Like really? Mm-hmm. Unless maybe this is what I put in my notes. I was like, good bones. I, I looked at him. I was like, don't worry. It's already in my notes. And I said, good bones. It might just be bones. Like if you read, right. if you read a listing description and it's talking about bones, Yes. I'm not. Well, like after the flood, everything was flooded and gutted. Yes. Yes. Like, don't worry. This house is, was flooded, but gutted and ready for you to come put it back together. Yeah. And and then they would start with flooded and partially gutted. Right. (laughs) Flooded and never gutted. Right. Flooded. (laughs) If it just said flooded and it didn't say gutted, you were in big trouble. Yeah, that was bad. But that's kind of what I want to talk about today. The nuance in the wording and the way that we know it because we see it all the time. And so we know how to decipher what those nuances in the wording mean, but the general public does not understand what it means if it said, you know, certain things. Like Katie, your English major is going to come out in this episode. I can already tell. I'm so excited. I told you I took all the notes. here Googling is undermount (laughs) sink one word, undermount one word. What about bunk bed? What about homeowner? Right. There's a few. Do you remember like, all the words when we were doing the templates that you were like, that's one word. I'm like, nope, it's no, two. No. Homeowner's insurance. Like yes. homeowner's isn't 
I don't, I don't remember. Well, that's okay. We're not, I'm not really even all that worried about people's grammar. I mean, but look, you have the ability to check the grammar and spelling on your listing description. Do it. Like, why not? Why not make, and that was also what I wanted to talk about. Your listings should be like gold to you. They should, Mm -hmm. you should be so happy that you got a listing that you want it to come across to the world as best as humanly possible. I don't think it makes any sense that you don't give that listing description a couple of extra minutes to actually think about what what does someone actually need to know about this house? Like what yes. is important about it? Don't just list a bunch of stuff that you see in every other description just because you're used mm-hmm. to seeing it. Why is this house different than the other houses in its neighborhood? Like if you have a listing in a neighborhood and it has some standout feature that none of the others have, put it in the friggin' description. Like explain to the public why this house is special. Don't just verbal vomit a bunch of nonsense that nobody's going to even read. And also, for heaven's sakes, don't make that description so long. So we were laughing because when me and Tanner were looking at houses, this is when we before we bought the Maplewood house. Okay. So like, I don't know, however many years ago that was. But he always read the descriptions. Mm-hmm. And like would make me read them out loud in the car <laughs> when no. we were driving to it. He's he'd like, be like well, which one are you going to? Read me the description. Tell me about it. And he'd be like, oh my gosh, that sounds amazing. And we would get there and I'd be like, nope. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Nope. It's no good. But I was always, let me see the pictures. And he was always, let me read the description. And he actually opened my eyes to the fact that some people like, live off of those descriptions. Yeah. I I personally don't. Like you're skipping and, right over, right? Yeah. I, I But maybe it's because I'm jaded because I'm in real estate and I know that if they're just fluff and... Well, you've had to read so <sighs> many of them as an agent. And what, yes. what I love about a good description is one that I can actually get additional information from when mm-hmm. I'm trying to help my clients. What I hate about a description that's all fluff and nonsense is that I don't, I don't need all that to help decide if I need this house is right. But if you want to explain to me parts of the floor plan that I can't see in a photo, mm-hmm. that's helpful. Like it can really be helpful. Um, but if I get to the MLS listing and the description is like the whole page, I'm not even going to try. I'm just going to say, forget it. And if that's the case. And ours does have limits. Yeah, but they're way too long. I mean, yeah, they it are. can be pretty long. And what I think if it's a long one and you're listing off feature after feature after feature, and you and I have both had listings that are very nice with a lot of amenities and they need a list, then make a list with a bullet points and put it on as a photo or add it as a document. It doesn't have to every single thing be in that description. I really like that idea of, um, I think some MLSs don't allow you to have any text in your photos. Right. Well, that would be a problem, but I'm sure but, they can, um, you can associate. But I dogs. like the idea of having a list Photo. picture yeah. if you're allowed to, that would be, uh, that's, that's a good idea. Okay. You're welcome. Put that, write that down. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Um, before we get into all of the specific words that I have listed on my uh, notes, I printed up a description from a recent home that sold in our market. Like I just went to the hot list and started reading a bunch of descriptions. And okay. I, I think this is a Good description, but I'm going to read it as a good. What ex- price range are we looking at? This house sold for like seven ninety five, so it was Ooh. a luxury listing. Okay, listed by a very well known and very good local realtor, and I'm not going to say who, but I'm going to read you the description. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, 
New Orleans-style home situated on over an acre of park-like setting. Move-in ready. This home is perfect for entertaining. You will notice the Ionic and Corinthian columns support the home's grand porch and balcony as you walk up. Pantalba, and look, I don't know how to even say half these words. Pantalba ironwork adorn the main and guest house balconies. The first floor has a guest bedroom, bath, and large master suite with an optional room that could be an exercise room and a sitting area with a double-sided fireplace overlooking the pool. There is an incredible dressing room lined with six closets, custom belt, scarf, shoe, and jewelry storage. A fashionista's dream! There is a separate sitting room and dining room. A grand custom mahogany staircase leading from the main room to the second of three floors and fabulous views of the courtyard. A chef-worthy kitchen featuring sub-zero refrigerator, Dacker six burner stove, warming drawer, and double ovens, along with Fisher Pakel double drawer dishwasher. The kitchen keeping has a separate breakfast area, half bath, and office. The second floor is perfect with two bedrooms and a sitting area and leads to the third floor bonus room, great for a media or playroom. The screen breezeway leads to a double carport and a separate three-car garage with multi-purpose room above that makes for fabulous guest quarters and a balcony overlooking the lush courtyard and pool area. Beautiful views abound of majestic white oaks, brick pathways, courtyards, gardens, and classic fountain features. That's lovely, right? Lovely. I feel like it talked a lot about the functionality of the house and like yeah. what rooms could be used for. There's an extra room off the master. So those are things, like you said, that you can't see from pictures. Yeah. Like I wouldn't know half that stuff or I wouldn't also think for the buyer. Don't let the buyer think. You tell them what it is and what it can be. Don't get, mm-hmm. because a lot of times your sellers are using rooms in a way that maybe not every buyer would use them. But if you just gently point out, the sitting area would also make a nice uh, nursery off the master bedroom or whatever. Like it, it just, you have to tell them, don't let them think, help them think, Right. like mm-hmm. help them think. I thought some of the good things about, and that one was kind of long, but it was a, a, a big fancy house. Um, but I felt like I could see it. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. okay, I understand. I understand kind of what the style is. I understand what some of the features are. I, it sounds to me like they made good choices as far as like an appliance or whatever. But I, I think that, um, if you had, if you spent extra money on a fancy stove, then it's okay to put the, the type in there, like the brand in there. Sure. But if you have just I a mean, regular it doesn't old, mean anything to me, but it might mean something to other people. Well, you know? I think that some buyers too are like, Oh, well, I don't know what that is. Let me go look it up. I it must be so fancy. I personally have no clue what a Fisher Pakel double drawer dishwasher is. Maybe I'm going to look that up. I don't, but, but right. Either the buyer's going to look it up and understand why it's important, or they're going to think, dang, that sounds fancy. Right. Right. Um, So I think that that was helpful just to see it, you know, played out with some actual descriptions that told you something about this house. Sure. Okay. What do you think? What are your go-tos? Do you have things that you always say in your listings? I do. Okay. Let's hear them. And I think this started just because I I would get so many listings consistently and writing the description is one of the hardest things for me to do because I don't have that brain Yeah, that I kind of just fell into a pattern that has become my template. Okay. 
So in the first sentence, I try to say what the house is. Okay. So I'll use my uh, Riverbend listing. I try to say, you know, immaculate property on 0.75 acres with four bedrooms plus two living rooms plus updated kitchen plus new roof plus whole house generator. Like kind of like uh, it's not too long, but it's just the, the main things that you need to know. Yeah. And then after I just do the quick, and then I say, and then I end it by saying, in highly sought after Riverbend subdivision, whatever subject, wherever it's located. Yep. And then I always start because this, this is how the words flow for me. When I say walking up to this home, you will be greeted with, Mm -hmm. and then I just kind of describe the exterior. Are there mature trees? Is there a porch? If there's not really anything, if it's just like a basic house, no porch, no trees, I'll start by saying, walking inside of this home, you will be greeted with an open floor plan, natural light, Um, and some of those things, because mine aren't very long. No. Um, mine are, you know, I, I try to get to the point so that they'll read it and I do list things like I'll be, I'll say the master bedroom is spacious and has an ensuite that features Mm -hmm. double vanity, custom tile shower, large soaker tub. Like I just kind of let it all flow. Yeah. I think that's good. I don't, I don't like mine to be long either. I don't want. And I still look, even being an English major person that enjoys the words, I think this is the hardest part of the listing too. The description is tough. I mean, it's not easy, Um, but this is what I have found to be the easiest way for me to do it now. Also, because what have you seen the house? One, maybe two times. It's not like it's all, you're you're not using it. It's not fresh to you. It doesn't, you're not going to think of everything. So I do my seller top 10. They have yes. the top 10 things about their home and the top 10 things about the community or area on this sheet. And every seller fills it out and I attach it as a document to my listing. But when I'm writing the description, I pull out that seller top 10 and then I say, okay, I want to try and hit as many of these as I can in the description because mm-hmm. it was important enough for the seller to write it down and they felt it was something special about their home. Then that that's what guides me. They're living there. They know. Right. I don't. I don't know. So I, the last sentence of all of my listings is usually, to top it off, this home also has new windows, a sp- irrigation system, all those things okay. that were just important to the seller. Yes. That yeah. I can just list. Right. So that way, you know, I just like, you know, I've already told you about the house and to top it off, Look there's all also these. all these bonuses. I love it. Look at this brand new patio extension. Yes. I can't write it unless I'm looking at the pictures. Oh, same. So oh my I gosh. go through each picture as I'm writing it yeah. and make sure I'm hitting the high point. I agree. I think that looking at the pictures and having something like a top 10 list or a update list or something from the sellers is you have to, you can't just yeah do it from memory of that list pre-listing or listing appointment, it's going to, you're going to miss stuff. Right. Um, Okay. So do you want to hear some of the words that you should include? Should. Yes. These are good words. Good words. I'm going to, this article was in the March, April uh, residential real estate council magazine. So that's the magazine for CRS. So the best and worst words. Now, 
I want to say this quietly, but this is a Zillow study. Oh. It's a Zillow study. Oh, I'm sorry. Not all of this. They they put this together. According to a Zillow study, the word luxurious adds 8.2% to the sales price of a home, while the word captivating added 6.5%. Uh, and here are a few words to use in listings. According to the same, yes, it's the same study. Okay. So take it with a grain of salt, people. This is what Zillow studied. Okay. Words to use include captivating, impeccable, stainless, landscaped, granite, luxurious, remodel, upgraded, updated, and beautiful. Hmm. Okay. okay. I use a lot of those words. I use. A I lot don't of these use words captivating. Too. Never. Never once. Mm-mm. No. I mean, I think impeccable. Now, like luxurious, we can't just add luxurious to every listing and try and get no. 8% of value. We have to actually have a luxurious listing. And I tell you, one time I drove by this listing in my neighborhood, and it was a fine house, whatever. But the sign at the top, it said, luxurious home. And I'm like, what does that mean on the sign rider? Like, what does that mean to me? Nothing. It means nothing to me. Uh, This says, keep in mind, possibly the worst approach is to list an adjective that doesn't apply. Mm. So it's a lie. Use the good words and don't use the bad words, but don't lie. Like you can't fudge it. You've got to tell us the truth. Um, Yeah. Saying the house is luxurious when nothing supports that assertion practically guarantees disaster. (laughs) 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 I think that's great. Uh, Do you want to hear the words to avoid now? Yes. Okay. Fixer, investment, investor, cosmetic, potential, nice, opportunity, bargain, TLC, and must see. But what if it is a bargain that needs TLC that would be great for an investor? <laughs> well, I mean, look, that's okay. But but I think what I, what I would take away from that is you can't have a firm seller who thinks that their house is perfect and fabulous and wonderful and then put it on the MLS and say motivated seller. No, you can't do that. Because that's not going to work. Because guess what? The buyer's going to come thinking that you have a motivated seller. I think that if And you, then they're disappointed when they counter at full price. Right. And the other thing is that you know, because you've done it enough, and you tell your, I would hope, or at least filter them for your buyers, if a buyer sends me a listing and they're like, this one looks good, I think I want to see it. And they have told me that they need move-in ready, bring a toothbrush. Mm-hmm. And it includes the words, so much potential or put your own touches on it, I'm going to be like, no, friends, this house is not move-in ready. It's no. it's not ready for anyone probably to live in at all. I mean, there are a lot of words that mean not livable. Fixer-upper, in our market, if it says fixer-upper, it means like there's a hole in the roof. It's bad. Like, it's yeah. really bad. It's not just a ugly, you know, paint color and some mm-hmm. bad carpet. It's bad, bad. Like, it's not livable, Right. I want to look up my listing that I just sold that my clients, it was their house and they got scammed by one of those companies that was like, we will buy your house or whatever. Like we buy ugly houses? Yeah. Like those people. Because he had started a renovation and then he got transferred for work and didn't have, like didn't want to finish finish it. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, and so anyways, he, um, 
this company came along and because I was going to list it, but this company came along and was like, Hey, we'll buy your house and take care of it. And, um, and they, and then it ended up being some sort of like, we will assume your mortgage. What? Um, and, and they just did it. They just freaking did it. Um, and, and it got destroyed. <gasps> So let me see what I um because I, I I think I was pretty honest in the um in the description. Listing. Yeah, I'm just curious what I now that we're talking about it, like if I had to describe a a fixer real upper fixer upper. Okay, you fine. But so you listed it and and I ended up listing it. Okay. We got it back. How did you get it back? They they had so the deal was they were supposed to be doing finishing the renovation, and then when they sold it, they would split the profit with oh, my seller. Oh, I see. That's kind of how it was supposed to go down. But you already well, had then, it listed, and that's how the company no. found it? Well, how did they find no. it? I'm, I think that my people Called like had tried to put it on... They put it on, like, Facebook or something, trying really? to just see if they could get a quick sale. Wow. Yes. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> Let's hear uh, it. My first thing that I put was investment opportunity. Okay. Look. And I tried to be very, um, I, I put investment opportunity. The house sits on a gorgeous lot. Unfortunately, tenants cause damage to the property and the homeowner needs to move on. The main house has this much living area. The owner was in the, in the process of changing the garage into a suite. It's unfinished. Um, this is the, the, the roof is this year. The windows are this year. Like, I just was very, like, here's the facts. Factual. Factual. Mm-hmm. I, think I just that's okay. listed as much as I say. And then I ended it with see list of known repairs needed in the document. Oh, documents. that was helpful, though. Because I was like, we know these things have to be done. Yeah, don't go looking at this house. Yeah. If you need, if you don't have extra money for repairs. Right. And, and that, this house, kind of tricked me. I wasn't sure what the right thing to do was. And yeah. I guess there's no right or wrong answer, but I always say that I do professional photos on all of my listings. Yes. When it was a house like this, I tell the photographer, look, do not spend any time editing. I really just have you here for like your, your wide angle lens that can right. capture the, the room. room. Yeah. But I don't want any editing done. Yeah. But I think this house could have been better off with iPhone photos. Because <laughs> you wanted it to look really bad? Yeah. I wanted people to really see. Yeah. And I feel like even these professional pictures. Were too look, good. It does not look as bad as it was. Right. Um, right. Like, I think you would have to zoom in and look really closely. Yeah. To see, you know, the things that need to be done. Right. Um. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Don't you do professional pictures? All the time. All of- and you know what's so funny? Because it's one of my soapbox things. I think that you have to do professional photos. I mean, as a professional, and I, I want to keep up the profession, you've got to do them. And because your clients, I mean, your buyers are online first looking at these houses. So the photos are so important. I don't limit them by price range either. And I didn't even bat an eye or think about it, but I just listed a condo for $76,000. The photographer went like they always go. Like I don't even, I don't even give it a second thought. Photographer goes. Um, 
I, I don't know that I would ever, I've not ever had like a, well, you know, I say that I've had a fixer before that I just took pictures of the outside. Like mm-hmm. I didn't go inside because it was in disrepair, but sure. I, I mean, you have to, I think the thing with photos is you have to know what, what, what you're doing. Like what if the outside is just a kind of plain Jane condo or a track built neighborhood? If your MLS allows, you should be using the front photo of the beautiful kitchen or the nice backyard mm-hmm. or whatever else that you have. Like don't, I hate the, um, the condos or townhomes where the garage is forward facing and you mm. almost can't even see the d- front door at all. And then you'll go through the listings and the front photo is, it's a garage door. That's all it is. It's just a door. Yes. I'm like, what? Yes. this is, this makes no sense at all. Show me the kitchen, the living room, the friggin' foyer. I don't care. Like, just show me something that actually is pretty or, or, right. or a representation of this property, not the garage door. But I mean, it's just like taking photos up on a ladder in a room. I don't understand that. The photo angle down. Like you need a photographer <laughs> yeah. to take the right angle with the right lens. In case you're ever on the roof, this is what your living room looks I, I like. I don't need all that. I don't also if all your if your camera lens won't fit in more than the bed, I'm not buying the bed. Like I I need to see the walls and the fix like the light fixture. I don't need to see just the bed and half of the window. But that's not doing right. me any good. So I think photos are part of presenting your listing appropriately. And I think when you're mm-hmm. auditing, so you and I have talked before about you've had other agents who come to you and say, hey, will you just take a look at my listing and see if I need to make some changes? And that's sort of what yes. this episode is about, not just the listing description, but what do you do to present your listing on the MLS, which is then getting pulled to Zillow and Realtor and wherever else. I mean, all of the real estate websites. What are you doing to make it look good? How are you presenting it? Do you have all of the accurate info? I mean, I just, I think when I'm auditing photos, I almost never put a photo of a pantry or a closet unless you are legit a home organizer with the, I think I have put one pantry on, and it might be the biggest, most amazing pantry ever, but I, you, unless your food is organized, like color coded, I'm not putting your pantry in your listing. It just doesn't make sense to me. I put my pantries and closets last. Okay. Well, if the, if yeah. they were taken, like, cause so if my, sometimes my photographer doesn't take them and sometimes he does. So I guess if he's like, oh, this is large, right. yeah. he, he'll take it. But um, if I get them, I usually make them the very last pictures. Yeah. So like the last pictures on my um, listings are usually like, the hallways, if there's hallways, pictures, um, closets, pantries, maybe the laundry room, um, just like kind of the insignificant yeah. extras, if you will. Yeah. I very rarely do a, a, a um, laundry photo unless the laundry room looks good. I mean, some of them really look good, but if the laundry room is I think is mine is messy, more like if I don't put it, then they wonder if there is like a room or maybe it's just in the hallway right. with a bifold door. Nobody. So I like to show, yeah. show the things just so people know what they are. I like them for yeah. that. And part of me, I mean, like I get it. I'm not saying that's, there's not a right or wrong way just because I'm such a visual person. If I get a picture of a closet and it's messy or it's just, it looks full, too full. I'm not going to use it. I mean, I'll let the yeah. photographer, and the photographer takes closet photos all the time in the master yeah. that I don't use. I just choose mm-hmm. not to. 
Yeah, but sometimes that, I don't. I mean, that's just me. But I but I think you're right. I would put it towards the end. Like if it was the stuff that maybe they're just like, okay, I've seen so much. I want to know all of it. Um, but, right. But, and they say your first four pictures are the most important. Yeah. So I do try to make it like exterior of the home, kitchen, yeah. living, maybe backyard if it's got a great backyard. Yeah. Like the, the top things that people want to know. I know. And like, what that, see, I'm so torn about that too, because I agree with that. And I'm like, I want to do the best four photos, but I also want to feel like the photos are going in a progression of walking through the house. So like, I want so it to be one the of foyer. our agents. Yeah. One of our agents in our marketplace is also a home stager. Um, and she always suggests that your photos should be in the order as if you were walking through the house. Yeah. I mean, that's how I do them. And that's how and my I, photographer I takes them. Like, and he sends them to you in order? Uh, uh, yeah. And, mm. and so much so that when he's playing them back for me during the photo appointment, he's like, I'm sorry, it's out of order. I went back to this one, but I'll fix it back up. Like he sends them in the order in which you would walk through the house. Now, obviously, wow. you walk into a house. There's two ways you can go. So he goes through one way and then back through the other. But mm-hmm. I find that to be helpful now with what's going on with COVID and everything. Most people are starting to get a video or considering it or doing a virtual tour or something like that. If you have a, a nice video, then, I mean, you're going to be sharing that as well. So having every single thing photographed isn't as important because you might hit that closet and pantry and laundry room in your I video. I just feel like if you don't catch their retention. So after the main four, mm-hmm. I do go more to like finish the kitchen pictures, okay. finish the living, go into the dining. Then I do the master and then I do the guest rooms. Okay. And then, um, but sometimes I do backyard pictures before I get into guest rooms. Yeah. Just because I, like if it's, I feel like yard is important to people mm-hmm. because in our marketplace, anyway, it's hard to get like a decent size yeah. yard. Yeah, I agree. And I want them to keep looking. <laughs> right? Don't stop. Well, that's yeah. the whole point of the first photo to me. Like your first photo better be really good. Now, I know that in the New Orleans market, I think they're required to have the front of the house be the front photo. Mm-hmm. They but are, I think. to me, that doesn't mean you can't be creative. What if the door is... Like, just get tighter on the door. Like, mm-hmm. you don't have to do just the garage. Or, like, you know, like, just because it has to be in the front doesn't mean there isn't 10 different angles you can take the front from. Sure. So, and I, I mean, usually that's why I'm there with my photographer. Because sometimes they do the standards. And I'm like, hey, on this house, I really need you to get the porch, the front porch from this angle. Because that's probably mm-hmm. what we're going to use or whatever. Um, but I think that that front photo is, like, super important. Hello, friends. Hi, all. Our template course has launched. It's out there. And we have been getting some really positive feedback. Yes, I have some great feedback I wanted to share with you guys. Um, We had one purchaser say, thank you for these templates. As a new agent, I feel it would have taken me years to create these on my own. That's awesome. I know, it's so great. And then I had, these are so incredibly helpful. What a great investment. Thank you for your time and efforts putting these together. I think that... You guys, this is the answer to saving yourself some time. It it helps you put systems in place. It keeps you professional. It keeps you consistent. It just makes everything run so much smoother. So much smoother. You're never going to forget to tell somebody something. No, because this it's covers, all there. It's all there. And you're going to edit it to make it sound like your voice if you'd like. And it's going to be perfect for your business. Yeah. So go check out our template course. Yes. At hustlehumblypodcast.com. Perfect. Okay. Enjoy. Enjoy. Bye.
Okay. What else do you think is important when you're auditing your own listing or someone else's? Um, I have gotten really like making sure your square footage is correct, making sure that, so I've been having a lot of issues lately where agents aren't really sure what the utilities are. So they just assume it's energy or assume oh, it's like they Atmos. put the wrong one. Yes. Yeah, do not always rely on MLS. No. Um, so I'm just trying, and I think this too comes from hearing my dad's complaints as an appraiser, right? Um, where where he's like, you know, there's all these things that are optional that agents think because MLS doesn't require them, right? They should that they're not. Them. Yes, and he said, but that helps us so much. So I just try to be really thorough. Yeah. Like there are some agents, if you look at their listings, there's a lot of blanks. It's a lot of yeah. white space because they just didn't do the things that um, aren't aren't required. Right. They only did the things that are mandatory. And I try to make mine as like full as possible. Yeah. Like I had an agent texting me yesterday and you know how I am with that. And I'm like, <laughs> I have Haven like crying and this agent is like, Hey, do you have this? I'm like, yes, it's, it's in, in the MLS. MLS. Yeah. Read it. And then she's like, well, is this allowed? I'm like, yes, it's in the MLS. Sorry. I'm just trying to gather information before I contact my buyer. I said, it's all in the MLS. If there is anything that is not there, tell me. And I'll add and it. Like, and I'll add it. And like, there was nothing, there was nothing missing. You, that you were answering questions needed. that were already out there. And I try to take advantage of realtor remarks. Yes. Um, so like, Hey guys, my clients have twins and can't show the house between 11 and one every day. Cause yeah. that's when they nap or, um, Hey guys, just want to make y'all aware if you run comps, this house is priced $20 a square foot lower than the whole subdivision or Well, I was just that, when I was you know, doing the hot sheet, I was reading your listing description and your realtor remarks on Willow Grove. Yeah. And that that those realtor remarks were great. It was like, I know that this house is priced way below price per square foot. There's nothing wrong with the house. This is the reason why it's priced like that. Blah, blah. You know, right. I thought that that was, I was like, dang, that's so smart. Like just tell them like that. Well, I think that we get to where we think this has to be fancy and superficial. Uh-huh. But if you're just like writing it, like you're talking to someone and being honest and yep. truthful, then they feel like they almost get the inside scoop. For sure. But I think where I struggle with this is that my all of my descriptions would be more like that if my sellers weren't so proud of their homes. Yeah. I mean, it's a balance because they're going to read it. It is a balance. They're gonna... You can't tick them off by saying, right. you know, seller thinks he updated this house, but he chose horrible color. Right. So you're going to need to put another $2,000 in paint in. Yeah. I know. I think that that is tough. And I thought about that earlier. Some houses are pretty basic, right? You're running the mill, three bedroom, two bath, nothing great fancy going on here. But the sellers love it. It's their home and that's okay. You got to yeah. fluff those descriptions a little because they want to feel like it's the house that they love. They don't want to yes. feel like it's just boring old 3-2 house. But that kind of goes back to it's our job though to make sure we're having those hard discussions. Like I have a seller yeah. right now that... He's a newer house in an older neighborhood. Okay. And he's like, but Alyssa, we're newer. We should be worth more because we're not 50 years old. We're six years old. Right. And I said, yeah, but you don't have granite countertops and you, you have carpet in your bedrooms and you don't have what new homes right, have. have. So even though you're newer, like I, 
it's my job not to just pat him on the back and praise his house. Like it's our job to be honest and say, look, I know that you have put so much money into this house and I can appreciate that. I just Mm -hmm. have to prepare you that today's buyer doesn't want this wallpaper everywhere. Right. And if I, and I tell them, if I don't tell you upfront, it's going to come in the feedback and I don't want you to be surprised. Yeah, that's fair. I think that's a good way to phrase it though. Like be prepared. If I don't, you're going to hear it one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to go back to filling in all the information. I'm a big proponent of that as well on the MLS. When you're filling it all in, there are certain, just like you were saying, I don't know if everyone caught that or understood. In our MLS, you're not required to put in every single thing. Now, there was one that I loved before that they have made required now, and it was acreage. I could not oh, understand yes. why people with a over one acre property, even three quarters, were not putting that number in there because agents in and consumers search that way. If they need a separate shower in the master and you didn't bother to click that box, then they're not going to see your listing and you have what they need. So it's a matter of being able to be searchable for garage. Like people want a garage. I mean, you got to click the box. You can't just say covered parking or, or just skip it all together. You have to put it in there. Um, yeah. I, just, I have a buyer right now that wants a condo but only if there is covered parking. Okay. And, you know, it's usually community parking, mm-hmm. so, but is it covered? Like sometimes it's just open right. and sometimes it has a metal cover yep. and nobody really fills that out. And I have to message the agents yes. every time a new listing pops up that meets this criteria and ask about the parking. It just makes it more I get more so difficult. happy when it says, yeah. you know, covered parking or, you know, not. Right. Right. Thank you. Now I know. I mean, filling in every blank is like the easiest thing you can do and the best service to your seller. I just don't like, I don't understand why you would skip that. If you would spend 10 extra minutes to make sure that when you upload your new listing, because you think about it, you're going to have this listing, say you're going to have it for six months. Say you're in that market, it's gonna, you're going to have it for six months. You could avoid six months of agents emailing you asking (laughs) about parking or six months of agents emailing you asking questions. Like you can tell them with confidence if you get a text message, Hey, it's in the MLS. Let me know if it's not. Yeah. I know. Because everything should be there. Yeah. I agree. I think that you need to check stuff like your commission percentages. Those, I mean, Mm -hmm. it's easy to have typos in that stuff or or I've heard of agents who put the whole thing instead of just the buyer side and then they ended up out of a commission because they had to provide what they said they were providing. I mean, that's a pretty big mistake. Huge mistake. Huge mistake. Um, I think that reserved items are important for you to put in. If the seller's keeping stuff, put that in the realtor remarks. It doesn't, everything doesn't have to be public, but I think Mm -hmm. you need to, don't make it complicated. If there are things you need people to know to write an offer, get it in there. Right. Um, on the front photo, I think that be mindful of what's going on in the world. Like right now, if you've got a pool and it's pretty warm here, I'd be putting that pool as a front photo. I mean, that's a good idea. But if it's the middle of winter and you have a gorgeous pool, don't bother. Go back to the front right. of the house. I don't need it. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm no, your pool is a nuisance to me in the winter, but in the summer, That's the biggest selling feature. Like just, I think it's giving them thought is what I think is so important. And I think a lot Mm -hmm. of agents just don't give it the proper thought and they're just blow through it and don't, don't really, you know, pay it any mind. Right. Okay. I want to go through some of the more of the, the phrases that you see in listings. Okay. Okay. Won't last long. Talk to me about that. 
been on the market 300 days. <laughs> <laughs> Won't laugh. Don't miss this, right? Don't miss this one. Mm-hmm. Like I, this, these are wasted words. Pretend yes, like you, they are. you know what? Pretend like you're doing a Twitter post. Like you got 140 characters. Like yes. Make them count. Get out the important facts. Please, won't last long is my favorite. Okay. But if you wanted to put won't last long, you sure better go delete that in 10 days if it's still there. I yes, also, sure. I have used, and as a practice, I used to put the open house in the front line of the description if I was doing an open house yeah. that first weekend or whenever. But for heaven's sakes, you got to go back and delete that line the day, mm-hmm. the Monday after your open house, you can't leave that in the description. Then it just looks dated. Well, I feel like as a seller, if my realtor still said open house April 1st and we're at the end of May, yeah. to me, I'm like, she hasn't thought about me since April 1st. Oh, right. Exactly. She hasn't looked at my listing hasn't even or edited. checked it. Yep. No. No, I agree. Um, I think that um, let's go through so much potential. We've kind of talked about this. Put your own touches on it. Well-maintained. Tell me your thoughts on well-maintained. That is the one I use when the seller is really proud of the house, but it needs updates. I think that's exactly so how I would take it's that. it's really clean. It's nice and clean. And it has a new air conditioner, but you're not going to get the granite countertops you want. Right. And you're not going to... So that's usually when I use well-maintained. Yeah. And I think that's fair. And that's exactly how I would take it as a agent of a buyer. And I read it. I would be like, okay, well, this needs some updating, but it's in good condition. I almost feel like it's like realtor secret code word. It is. Like, I'm like, hey, guys, this is well-maintained. And they're like, oh, her seller really loves their house. (laughs) She has to be careful with what she says. Whisper, it's well-maintained, right? I mean, I think that, but but that's true. That's so true. And sometimes I just need to tell my buyer that. I need to say, look, it's fine. Well-maintained houses sometimes are the best deals or the just, you want a house with a good AC and a roof. Like that's okay, but you might have to go paint all the rooms. Like that's okay. Um, Depends on the buyer. That's right. I like, and you said you used it and I do too. If it's true, sought after neighborhood. Yes. I think that's fair if it is. Um, I also think that, and I have made myself a note on this. If you're in your description, tell them what is nearby. If it's something that people are like, you know, into, if you can walk to the best Mexican restaurant in town and get the famous margarita, put it in the description. What if someone's moving from out of state? What if someone lives in a different city and doesn't have a clue and they're looking at your listing description and like, oh, wait, I can walk to a margarita. I'm down for that. I mean, I think you need to put what's nearby um, and what does the neighborhood offer? So if you're going to say sought after neighborhood, why? Because I can walk to the LSU Lake. Is it because the neighborhood has pool? Are there sidewalks? Oh, for heaven's sakes, please tell me if there's a sidewalk. I mean, if you're, if you're working with a family and they're big into walking with their dog or their kids or whatever, I mean, like they want to know, and that's an amenity for the neighborhood. And we don't have them everywhere here. I don't know if I ever talked about sidewalks. That's a good idea. Oh, I like to do it. I mean, I just, I don't know. Because I have clients who tell me they want sidewalks. I'm like, well, I like sidewalks. There's no way I can search for that. I get excited when there's sidewalks in the neighborhood. This is pretty great. Um, I think that I said this already. What makes that house different? So if there's something that makes it different from the rest of the neighborhood, or what if it's the house right next to the pool? Or what if it's the house, you know, the last house in the back and nobody ever drives by. I mean, what makes that house special? I think that pointing that out, something you can't see in a photo. I can't yes. see in a photo if the house is on a cul-de-sac. 
Mm-hmm. I don't know if the, you know, neighborhood playground is one lot away. I don't have a clue. So I just feel like you got to tell the people what they're not going to see until they go there because they may not go there if they don't know. So on that note, um, whenever I am doing my listing walkthrough with the seller and seeing the house for the first time, mm-hmm. I write down some of the things they say word for word. Oh, I like that. Just like in my, like, cause I tell them like, Hey guys, if this is what we're going to do. We're going to walk through the house. I'm going to take notes. Anything that you have done, let me know. Um, anything that's special. So if they're like, these are antique New Orleans gas lanterns. Yes. I write down unique New Orleans gas lanterns or yep. antique New Orleans gas lanterns. But whenever I'm writing my description, I go make sure that I use all the things that the seller said, how they said it. Yes. Um, and it really helps me with writing the description because right. I feel confident that I didn't leave anything out. And then... So I used to not do this, but I've started because it, it's been happening so much. I have been asking the sellers to, to proofread the description. Okay. What was happening? I email it. They're just like, hey, can you make sure that you add they were always security wanting to camera, add. Yeah. add, or can you make sure they know it's located here or there? So what I started doing was I email it to them and I say, hey, guys. I just want to make sure that this looks good. Let me know if there's anything else that needs to be changed. Please keep in mind, though, we have limited characters. Oh, okay. I like that. So I tried to keep it condensed. Yep. So if we need to add stuff, I might have to take other stuff away. Okay. That's fair. I, I, I recently saved that in my template folder. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh. Because I was using it so much yeah. that I just copy and paste that little I like that. blurb. Yeah. But um, ever since I started doing that, they don't ask me to... Change stuff. Add to stuff. change stuff. Because they're like, yeah. oh, no, I mean, that looks good. If, if we would have to delete something to add something else... I don't want to. Right. I think it looks great. Yeah. I think that's interesting because I always have them come back and say, can you add one yeah. thing or change one word or, which is fine. I want them to review it, but that's yes. a good way to avoid that. Just do it up yeah. on the front. I like that. And sometimes it's a typo. Like sometimes yeah. I, I miss it, even though I read it three times, right. you know? So it's just kind of like, I wrote it. I'm asking your permission yeah. and we're good. I have another tip when you're okay. writing your description. Yeah. Be specific. We've talked about this a little bit. But if it's better than new, what about that phrase? Tell me what you think about better than new. It makes me think of the story you just told me. I use it when the house is in a new construction neighborhood, but it's not, it's been, it's a resale. Right. I do too. But, but I also then tell you, why is it better why? than new? Yes. Why? Why? Because you get blinds and you get appliances and you get a fenced yard and you get drapes and... Yes, all the, things. the drapes and the appliances and the fence and the all these things cost money. And they buyers think, oh, I want a brand new house. I don't want you know to um, to do anything. I want it to be. Br-. And you got, you get a new house. You don't have blinds. You have nothing on your windows. Like it just right. on the better than new. So I saved the one oh, yeah, better than where. New. Okay, I um I just listed a house that is eight years old, and it was right. listed with another agent for almost a year. And I looked at it. The pictures were horrible. I mean, like, just like you on purpose took them (laughs) poorly. They're not even straight, you know. But anyway, he had, the previous agent had copy and pasted 
the description from when it was new. Right. New. So it says, new construction and energy efficient home, only eight years old. <laughs> That's exactly what like the not, description says. Not new construction. Only eight years old. New construction, eight years old in the same sentence. And then the rest of the description is just exactly what the builder put. It even has in there with builder's preferred lender. Right. Like it doesn't even make sense. Like there is no builder's preferred lender. Right. Oh my gosh. So ridiculous. I like, I'm I just, like, and then how did the seller not, not say something? Right. Those are the ones that throw me off. Whenever you get someone who's been listed a long time and they're like, well, I don't know. My agent never told me this, or I didn't know that the listing didn't say we were on the cul-de-sac or that we had the Taj right. Mahal in our backyard or whatever. Like, I'm like, mm-hmm. well, I mean, they trusted their agent. That's what, that's what annoys me is that they, mm-hmm. they assumed their agent was going to be professional about it. And they assumed that they were going to take good photos and, or they just don't think that's important. And now they've learned their lesson because it's a year later and the house didn't sell. So I thought I did a search for houses under 50,000. Okay. And I'm going to read you the descriptions and this won't take long because they're very short. Can't wait. Okay. These are the ones that just made me chuckle today. Okay. Opportunity awaits. That's That's all. That's all it said. (laughs) (laughs) It does. Okay. Okay. Um, one said, seller is willing to pay closing costs on a full price offer. And it said nothing about the house. Um, it had been on the market for over a year. I like opportunity awaits. Like, is it awaiting us in a three bedroom or a two? Right. I have no idea. Wood, wood um, floors or carpet? Like how? How's it waiting for us? This one started off with let your imagination run wild. I'm, I am already. And it was all, that was all capitalized. <laughs> And then the next line says, run wild in restoring this three bedroom to its original beauty. And that's all it said. That, that was that's just, it. um, the next one, all it said was, it was a house <laughs> and it said <laughs> large fenced rear yard. That's, that's it. All, that's all it said. Yep. Okay. Uh. This one really threw me off. So. It says, great for first-time homebuyer or an investor. Hmm. I'm like, well, that's totally different. A first-time homebuyer doesn't right. have the cash an investor would have no. to fix up a house. Are they trying to imply that the house would be good for an investor to rent it out? Because I sure hope it's ready to live in. I think because it was priced so cheap, they're like, this could be your first home. Anybody could afford this because it's only $45,000. Can I live there, though? Is it working? No. No, of course not. Okay, there was this one house that had been on the market for 675 days. In the same research of the less than $50,000? Yes. 600 days? Yes. Okay. Almost 700 days. Okay. And in all caps, it says, drive by only. Do not disturb tenants. Investors, this investment property is in average condition and is tenant occupied. There is a lease purchase agreement in effect until July of 2037. Wait, 20 what? 2037. I even thought that might be a typo. So, you know, anytime I see a typo or a mistake on somebody else's listing, I always like send them a courtesy email that's like, hey, just want to let you know that you forgot to list that this was a lake lot or whatever. Right. 
so then I, but, and I was about to do that, but when I scrolled down in the realtor remarks, it repeated it. July, 2037, there is a lease purchase agree. So 2037 was on the listing like two or three times. Okay. That sounds like what they meant to say. That is what they meant to say, I think. So what were you going to do? Buy it with the lease purchaser in place? I don't understand. And then in 2037, the lease purchaser buys it. Buys it from it? you? For I have no idea. Wow. But okay. I'm like, that should that property shouldn't be listed. No. You know, if it's going on three years on the market soon. Nobody wants it. Obviously, it's not marketable under these circumstances. Nope. And then as a realtor, that hurts your day on market <laughs> to take a listing no like doubt. that. No doubt. No doubt. I've become somewhat protective of my day on market. Right. And I don't let things just sit there like that. I know. Like, if we're coming up for renewal a second time, I may not be your girl. Right. Right. Obviously, something's not going right. Maybe it's my fault. Maybe it's yours. One of the two. No. Oh, my gosh. Um, Okay. Well, while you're on that and you're talking about the first-time buyer and the investor and how that's not the same person, I did write down to think about who might buy the house when you're describing it and to be mindful of fair housing. So I'm not saying that you say anything illegal or that you're not allowed to say, but if you're selling a five bedroom house that most likely would have more than a single person living there, perhaps you want to point out that the neighborhood has sidewalks or a playground or a pool or a big backyard. And, you know, like I just think that knowing who's most likely to purchase helps you make that description. Sure. And helps you to point out the right features. I mean, there's a lot of things I can point out about any house, but it doesn't mean it's something a buyer wants to hear. Yeah. So I just think keeping that in mind is good. All right. Mm -hmm. I have another one I want you to tell me your opinion on. Okay. What about Mrs. Clean lives here? Mm. Mrs. Clean Mm -mm. lives here. Have you seen that before? I have. Mr. Clean, either one. Mrs. Clean lives here. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I like a clean house. Yeah. Are we, are we? I usually just say it's nice and clean. <laughs> right. Or I use the word immaculate a lot. Okay. Well, I think that was on our list of, oh no, impeccable was on here. Immaculate's not bad though. I like that. I use it a good bit. Um, I like single owner home. If there has mm. been one person there, I, I usually feel pretty solid about that. If they use the word right. well-maintained in conjunction with single owner home, I probably believe them. And I yeah. might say, look, you got blue carpet in the living room, but this house is in like pristine condition. Like it's been this way, you know, taken care of very well. I just think that um, you got to know the red flags of the wording as a realtor. Like you got to be able to say, oh, so much potential. That's not going to work or Mm-mm. or it'll work for your investor. Like I just, if they mention all of the sizes of the, if they keep talking about room size and yard size, but no mention of any finish of any kind, that house is not updated Mm-mm. at all. Yeah. Like, it's just not. So you have to be able to pick through all of that. It's like solving a mystery. It is. It's like a, you got to crack the code. You got to look for the clues. Well, and I think too, you know, we could do a whole episode on photos and what I think about that. But I have to tell every one of my buyers the same disclaimer. Please do not rule out listings based on photos. If they meet all of your criteria and you read the description and it sounds like what you're looking for, we're going to have to just look at it because listing Mm -hmm. photos can be bad in the 
you know, they can make a house look worse than it is and they can also make it look better than it is. So you might've picked all the houses with the pretty shiny professional photos and they didn't live up to your expectations when you got there. I just, I I tell all of my buyers to take photos with a grain of salt. I mean, I'm still going to get professional photos and I'm not trying to deceive the public, but I want the house to look as best as possible. But I'm also going to tell my clients, hey, just because all of the photos were of the bed and it was dark, it met, it was in the neighborhood you wanted and it met all your criteria. We got to go. Yeah. That's it. That's all I got. I like it. That's all I got too. I love words. I think that the description can be a powerful place or it's going to be a place that you're just not utilizing your tools. I was laughing because I wrote down, I'm like, this is like, how many times have I said I operate simple? <laughs> right. Because my, I, I wrote down my listing descriptions are honest. They are the facts and they're just clean and simple. Well, that's who you are. Yeah. I, look, fluff where fluff is needed, right. but otherwise factual. just They need to be factual. factual. I think that's good. But this was good because it, like how you were saying functionality, like there are things that you have said today that made me go, that's a good idea. Oh, like good. just But I think if you do this for so long, it's good to listen to something like this to get a refresher, yeah. new ideas, get excited. It gets so redundant. You it know? does get redundant. I think that there, we can all always learn from each other. I'm not saying my listing descriptions are the best listing descriptions, but I, I do take it seriously and I always have. And I feel a lot of yeah. pressure to perform in that in that paragraph. I feel a lot of pressure to perform in that paragraph. It's a big deal. And I think that's the big takeaway I'd like people to have today is it's a big deal. It's a big deal to like make that description be correct and be Mm -hmm. helpful to your seller and and you and, and save you time later. Like you don't want to answer all those questions over and over again, like put the Mm -hmm. right stuff in there. Yeah. Okay. I love it. I love words. Um, I have a toast. You do. Oh, thank goodness. Well, I thought that it would be good because I have had the same listing photographer. Okay. For since I started in real estate, he no he way. did my he did my very first listing I ever and he's done every <gasps> listing I've ever had. Well, I first want to give you a shout out for always using a professional photographer <laughs> from your very first listing. That is impressive. Very first listing. And even when I was new, um before I had a system in place to like help my sellers get ready for pictures, Mm -hmm. there are many times he and I were moving furniture, we're doing stuff. And, you know, he's been through a lot. He, you know, I feel like he knows my listings. He keeps up with which ones have sold, which ones are sitting. Like, I love it. He's emotionally invested. You know, he wants you to succeed. Yeah. So I just wanted to toast to Ben today. I love it. Because he's just a really nice guy. Super nice. He always helps me I when it. I need help. And he's been reliable for all these years. I love it. I hope he never goes away. I hope he never goes he away for you my, either. He doesn't do this anymore. But in 2011 or 2012, he even did my bridal pictures for me. No way. That's mm-hmm. so fun. I know. So we've just been through I life, love it. You know, my, my real estate career. I love it. That's amazing. Well, cheers, Ben. Good job. Thanks, Ben. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for making my pictures look so good so my listings have good bones. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, friends. Bye. 
Thank you so much for tuning in to the Hustle Humbly podcast. Let us know who we should toast to for the next episode. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Hustle Humbly Podcast. If you have an episode, topic, or question, please email us at hustlehumblypodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. See you next week. Bye. This is the good life.